0: This is the Holland Assets Podcast where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Hello everyone and welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast episode number 148. 148, we're getting close to a nice round number. Today we're talking about finding loads through relationships i am your host craig over there he's chris hey chris hey craig how are you i'm all right good feeling feeling chipper feeling uh you know feeling ready to cement some relationships okay awesome uh now i i will be up front with everybody we've got a heck of a story for you to start okay so it's going to be a few few minutes before we get into the meat of this episode Uh, but before we even get into the story i'll remind everybody to go to hollandassetsllc.com for full show notes and uh, documentation and all the stuff that goes along with this show Uh, also go to this fine website that you can see on my t-shirt if you're watching on youtube holland or sorry no I'm, well, I'm wearing the wrong one. I thought this was my... It's MotorCarrierHQ.com. I'm wearing the wrong one. I get confused. Chris, I'm getting old. Hey, we're offsetting each other because I'm wearing the Motor HQ There you go. swag. You can get all of this swag at MotorCarrierHQ.com. You can also find tools, tips, uh, resources for you to make the jump. Uh, from being an employee driver to being an owner operator or beyond uh, building a fleet if that is your heart's desire. All right, Chris, am I missing anything?
1: I no, but I was just going to say speaking of relationships, we're coming up on 5 years. I know. Can you believe that?
0: I know. That's, I I was just
1: reflecting on that. Not people not many people hang out with me for 5 years. So that's <laughs> You've hit a milestone that's like pretty impressive.
0: Well, you know, it it helps uh, when you pay people to hang out with you, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my secret with all my other with all my other podcasts. I just uh, it's just a ruse to make friends, right? Um, <laughs> all right, you know we ought to tell the story. It's not that that exciting, but we, we should tell the story sometime of of uh, when you approached me to do the show, maybe for one episode, one fifty or something. Hey, right, there you go, That's a good uh, idea. All right, so Chris, you've got a story for me. Uh, a story is kind of shortchanging it. Is it a saga? Is it an epic? Ooh, saga. It's it's a drama. There you go. There was some drama involved. It's a melodrama. It seems like sagas have drama in them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. So what happened? What's going on out on the road?
1: We we had one of our trucks break down. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through. We're gonna use dates. I've got notes and. <laughs> dollar figures
0: <laughs> i'm holding this up for the camera right now like oh, okay you can't really see it, but it goes on it it's, goes on and on yeah. and
1: on and on <laughs> it it was like one of the most well not one of absolutely by far the most ridiculous repair situation we've ever had
0: okay uh can i you know what this is unusual but i am going to throw off your story and ask for a bottom line up front what did this cost? And then I want you to tell me why and what happened. Um, I haven't totaled it completely, but it, five grandish. Okay. If you include all the
1: re- the tow bills, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. mostly tow bills. Yeah. Um. Those were no, the it, worst. It's actually, it's, I think it's seven grand. If I'm Hopefully. adding things up right, about five grand in tow bills
0: and about two grand in repairs. That is brutal. Yeah. Okay. So. When you said five, For I was like, oh, it
1: could be worse. Essentially uh. a repair that cost $1,000. Oh, boy. All right. What happened? All right. So February 1st, um, our, our our driver is park, had spent the night parked about 30 miles away from where she's supposed to deliver. Okay. And this is Jeannie, poor Jeannie. And she goes to start her truck in the morning and it won't start, like. Ignition issue, like n- not a battery issue. Like it just, it's it not even clicking, not turning on nothing. And so try to diagnose a few things, make a few things work. Couldn't long story short. We have to call a tow company, tow company comes and tows the truck. We are in, it's just outside of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, um, the closest dealership Freightliner place that could work on it was, um, Freightliner Northwest. Um, in the seattle area you know that place sure yeah and uh so we call them they say they can get out and they could possibly start looking at it um that evening if not they could probably start diagnosing it the next day so call a tow company tow company comes and tows the truck the tow company had a um another truck like an actual truck that they were then able to take our trailer deliver the load. Um, and so we ended up delivering the load the same day. It was a few hours late, but Mm. broker again, when you, when you solve those problems, brokers are impressed, right? They, they like that because they, they realize that trucks are going to break down, weather happens. And when you can solve those problems that helps cement relationships, which is one of the things we're going to talk about today
0: it's all tying together it's Chris. all tying
1: together I love it and so anyway that tow to to tow the truck to the dealership and to deliver the load was about a little over two thousand
0: bucks okay and and the tow truck driver is or the the tow truck company is the one actually making the delivery at yeah that so point? our
1: driver rode with them okay rode with the tow truck person to, to the, the, the delivery okay to the deliver the load and uh came back they they brought her back to I think the dealership and We ended up, you know, it's one of those situations when, whenever you have a truck that's down, like it's going to be in the shop like that overnight, Mm -hmm. like we we get a hotel for the driver. So she, she ended up going to a hotel. So that was February 1st. Um, They didn't work on it that night. That was a
0: a Thursday, by the way, just to set the scene. Thursday.
1: So Friday, um, they said that, that possibly their second shift could look at it. That didn't
0: happen. You know what, can I stop right there yeah. and just say if you are any kind of service provider including in trucking possibly
1: I'm going to cut happen. it. Yeah. It's
0: it, don't say it. Don't do it. Don't say it. Yeah. Uh, it. It's you are you're setting yourself up for a bad relationship. If you say, "Uh oh, we possibly we can get to it." Like you better say, "Look, here's what I can guarantee you." I, and then, if you can over deliver on that promise, great. But possibly we'll get it this afternoon. I, I am a
1: firm believer of under promise, over deliver. Yeah, like that is by far one of the best business practices there is out there. Yeah. Um. Because because not only have they like damaged the relationship for us, we will never go back to that Freightliner again. But now I'm talking about it on the podcast. Right. There you go. Take it for what it's worth. All right. So february 2nd nothing february 3rd um somebody drove it around the parking lot for nine minutes to, <laughs> what and so they were able to get it to oh, start oh, i see okay and they drove it around the parking <laughs> lot for nine minutes i thought
0: you were, like they're doing donuts up in seattle Pro- probably they may have
1: <laughs> um and, and they couldn't get it to duplicate the issue which uh, granted like i'm giving them a little bit of credit here electrical issues can be a pain in the they butt. They can be finicky. Yeah. The wire so,
0: touches, the wire doesn't touch, the yeah, whatever. It, it,
1: they, so I, I, I get that, but I don't think they put much effort into it because you know, drive around for nine minutes and that's it. Um, that, that was Saturday. <laughs> Sunday, February 4th, the truck just sat. Monday, February 5th, they test drove it again around the area. So they actually went outside of their lot, drove for 27 minutes and... Um, And they weren't able to find anything in it. They they kept telling us that day that you're like at the beginning of the day you're the tenth. There's ten trucks in front of you to get test drove.
0: (laughs) You are the tenth caller. Towards
1: (laughs) the end of the day, you are the you're. There's ten trucks in front of you to get test drove. (laughs) So I mean that's like what we're getting all day long. So so still at this point, February fifth, what we're four or five days into it now. Monday. Still no diagnosis. Then Tuesday, February sixth, that. Um, they couldn't figure anything out. And we we were told it is going to be another week before they're going to be able to look at it again. Mm-hmm. So like I, to me at that point, it just feels like they've kind of given up on it. And so um, obviously it's driving at this point, right? They've, they've essentially test drove it twice and we can confirm that through the ELD. Like mm-hmm. we, we saw, saw that that was going on on the ELD. Um, they, they pulled some fault codes but that was essentially about it. Um, We decided at this point it was better off to, we'd called um, the Freightliner in Portland, Oregon, which is also, they're they're affiliated with the Freightliner in Salt Lake that we use. So we Mm -hmm. we figured we'd have a little bit more pull with them. We made the decision, okay, we're going to try to get that truck down to Portland. So driver gets back in the truck, Pulls out of the parking lot. It shuts down. It shuts down in the middle of the road. Oh
0: my gosh! Now, for heaven's sake. Okay. was she going to be deadheading all the way down to Portland? Mm -hmm. Because that's an additional two, three hundred miles, and which
1: that's okay because the alternative was to get towed,
0: uh, which is what we ended up having to do. (laughs) We we
1: ended up towing it. From where she was oh. in the Seattle area down to Portland, oh. so that's another three thousand dollar tow bill, and we got charged almost a thousand dollars for their diagnosis that they were never able to figure anything out on.
0: That's that is horrible business practice. Okay, uh, is this a Freightliner issue, is. or is this, uh, or is this a this individual shop? I think issue. it's the individual shop. Like, yeah. We've
1: never had this. Like the Freightliner in Salt Lake that we've dealt with is great. Yeah. And and as you'll find, the Portland, Oregon Freightliner was great too. So they get it essentially the night of the 6th, um, the 7th. They are, are able to work on it, diagnose it, and they find some wiring harnesses. And this is not the first time we've had this happen with some of our Freightliners. Mm, so this is yeah. kind of frustrating. Like wire harness rub, rubs through, wires short out. Right. They find that. And um, to make a long story short, they get it repaired. You like it when I say that? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I laugh every time you say that. <laughs> um, February eighth, they finished doing the repair. They charge us uh, seven hundred and thirty-eight dollars and sixty-eight cents to fix it and reinstall the drive lines after the tow. So
0: they diagnosed, they they repaired, they got you back on the road for seven hundred bucks after you had spent. Five grand.
1: Five grand in towing. Getting it there. One grand in in in, in, in diagnosis. diagnosis. Yeah. And then another three hundred fifty dollars <laughs> in storing our trailer because we had to store the trailer in Portland.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Or not
1: no 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 in Seattle. In in uh yeah. Pacific. Yeah, in in Seattle. So we yeah. had to after it got repaired, Jeannie had to drive all the way back up to um Seattle to that grab is the trailer.
0: Awful. Okay. Is this the end of the saga? So that's eight days oh my before we got the truck back. So not only is it costing you uh, up upfront cost. Okay. There's the tow bills, there's the repair bills, but the, the, the hotel bill, the hotel driver bill. Bill. pay because you, you can't just, yeah, like, you're not just going to
1: leave the driver out to dry. Yeah.
0: Uh, but then also there's the, uh, what, what do they call it? The uh, opportunity cost. Yeah, uh, of something like this, where you're missing out on eight days, a thousand of... days of
1: a thousand dollars a day in revenue, which
0: is kind right. of what we try to get. Yeah, my gosh. Yeah, it was. So yeah, you must be pretty livid at that yeah, uh, I, place.
1: I, yeah, it it just it to me it was pointless, right? Like they they just did not do a good job. they, they essentially gave up on the repair, and, and I kind of almost feel like was it really that hard of a repair because the Freightliner in Portland had it done in like essentially twenty four hours,
0: right? That's, you know, okay, Portland, Portland for the wind, because yes. the last time I was in Portland, uh, the, what, what do you call the, the drip tray underneath the, I'm in my little Mazda, right? Mm-hmm. The tray underneath your engine, uh, broke loose. the oil pan. Uh, well, it wasn't the oil pan, but whatever it's it, flapping in the wind. So anytime I'd go over 70, it would just start, <laughs> thun, 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 thun. it was, it was incredibly annoying. I had my whole family with me and went to a, an auto body shop and uh, said hey here's what's going on can you guys help me out and they wouldn't let me pay them they really? they had it fixed in eight minutes wow here's your that's keys awesome. hey you know just leave us good review on google and you better believe i did i'll so, bet you did uh you know we we can make all the fun of portland we want for some of the new stories they produce but <laughs>
1: <laughs> apparently they're very passionate about their vehicle repairs there you go yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> uh so that's unbelievable yeah so you're saying uh, a total cost somewhere between seven and eight grand. It sounds like it was probably by
1: the time you add the hotel rooms and driver pay without any revenue. I bet we were getting pretty
0: close to 10. Right. Oh, well, and then the opportunity cost, it's more yeah. like 15 plus. Yeah. So that yeah. is, that's uh, no bueno. Uh, yeah. That's no bueno. Okay. Avoid that shop. Yeah. Lesson learned. Should we jump into the more
1: pleasant topics?
0: Yeah, I'm just glad this isn't a financials episode because we were in such a good mood after the last one. This is uh, really shorting that out. Speaking yeah. of uh, speaking of shorts, so speaking of that, I've got to take a phone call. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what in the heck were we just talking about?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but we had to we had to take a pause there because uh, <laughs> dealing with more trucking. This will probably be a. Um, maybe a, a, an intro to another, another episode, because we've already, uh, we already took so much time in that first story, <laughs> but uh, dealing with a, a load that looks like it's going to get rejected. Mm. And uh, it's been, it's been a fun,
0: fun one. It, it always is right yeah. Chris. Uh, okay. Chris, let's talk about building relationships. Let's talk about how that helps you find loads. Now, this is a recurring theme on this podcast. Uh, building relationships. Uh, In fact, when I, in another area of my professional work, I've learned the rule, uh, the 80-20 rule. There are a lot of 80-20 rules out there, but in this case, it's spend 80% of your time building relationships and 20% of your time using tools out there. So, you know, whether you're job hunting or uh, you're, you know, Booking loads, I suppose, but uh, right the eighty twenty rule. How does that sound to you for for something like this? I like it.
1: It's it's important. Like building relationships as we get more into this episode, you're going to find is is really key. It's critical. And I, you know, kind of as I was thinking about how how this works and and what I'm thinking about, it, it kind of reminds me of real estate. I mean, we've mm. talked a little bit about real estate in the past. It's kind of one of my passions. And mm. one thing that you know, most savvy real estate investors and people that deal with real estate will tell you is that the very best real estate deals are, are deals that never hit the market, Mm. right? They get scooped up by somebody before they, they even come onto the market. And the more that I've, I've been dispatching and finding loads, the more I realize like, that's exactly the same thing that happens in trucking. Right. Um, The good paying loads are not the ones that are on the load board. We've, We've talked about this, you know, the importance of getting direct shipper relationships and that's really important, um, but the next most important thing is to get, you know, a good network of of brokers that can help you, especially on return loads, get stuff back. Um, because the same thing happens, like uh, oftentimes, like when a when a broker gets a load, um, they are first going to reach out to carriers that they know and trust, mm-hmm. and see if they're going to have a truck in the area, and if they can't find that then they'll go to um, a load board and post the load on the load board. Um, So a a lot of that stuff loads are getting scooped up in that first scenario where the broker reaches out to carriers and the same thing happens with carriers. Like when I, when I know I've got a truck that's going into an area where I've got a relationship with a broker, the first thing I do is reach out to the broker and say, Hey, I'm going to have a truck in this area. Do you have any available loads? And um, I, you know, when I first started doing this, I was finding all of my non-direct shipper loads. So basically anything outside of Utah, mm-hmm. I was finding directly from load boards. But in January, I booked 41 of those outside of Utah loads. The return loads. The return loads. Okay. Um, and 20 of them I got from a load board, but 21 of them I got before they even hit a load board.
0: Ooh, you broke the fifty percent mark. I broke mark. the fifty percent mark. Yeah. Nicely done.
1: Yeah. So that 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 makes me that makes me happy. And and typically those loads are also you know better paying ones. Like you know it's kind of the same thing with with uh, real estate. There are loads that have never hit the public market. Like brokers are going to go with carriers they trust more, and they're going to pay them more. And so that's that's really why building relationships is so important so you can get those loads that never hit the market
0: right okay so that's a good why to build these relationships you want to you want to find loads more easily and you want to find better paying loads uh, but what about the how how does somebody actually go about doing that how do you build these relationships where that, do you start
1: that's a good pl- that's a great great question and the first place you really start is just with brokers that are in your local area mm. uh, Even though, let's say in our situation, like when when I first started um, dispatching, we already had um, our shippers set up and and most of our outbound out of Utah loads were going direct from shippers. So we weren't even using brokers for that. So then you say, Chris, hey, why do I even care about my relationships with brokers that are here in Utah when you're already, your Utah freight's covered?
0: Well, it's not covered is it you Not, still have well, gaps to fill well and also these brokers are probably bringing loads in as well
1: that's it right exactly that's it it's the brokers even though you know brokers that are based in utah don't just focus on um getting stuff out out of utah but they they also are typically able to solve the inbound stuff and so they also typically have a lot of inbound loads and so if you start that's where you're going to find the vast majority of them not all of them, but if you can start with brokers that are based in your area, their sales force is typically based in the same area and, and they're typically finding loads. Most of what they cover are either loads going out of Utah or coming back into Utah. And so I think that's the first place to start. That's where you're going to get your biggest bang for your buck.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's where you're going to look is uh, brokers, any tips on how to approach them or how to find them? Do you just Google? Uh, you know, freight brokers in my area. Or I, I
1: think there's a couple ways to do it. Yeah, you can you can Google like Utah-based freight brokers, and and mm. you you'll be able to find some in that situation. An, another thing, and and this is probably the easier way to do it. It'll just typically take a little bit more time, but when you do find stuff on the load board, and and this is really how I actually probably got a, a lot of some of the relationships. Some of the relationships with brokers we we were already using before I started dispatching. Um, and I just, I, I kind of use those relationships too. But when I'd find somebody on the load board for a new brokerage, um, you're, you're going to find that and and you're going to try to do a good job for them. Once that load's completed, you're going to try to do some things that will build on that relationship. So you know, I'd, I'd find a, a lot of brokers initially on their load board, but then you try to expand that relationship mm. once you haul a load for them the first time. So whenever, like this is just like how I try to do business in general anyway, but always provide exceptional customer service. Always try to, um, solve their problems. Don't be their headache and, um, <laughs> don't, use really well. don't use the word possibly. Don't use the word possibly. I might be able to get it there on time, right? Under promise and over deliver.
0: <laughs> is there any, uh, as you're building a uh, network of brokers they know you're doing that right there isn't any concern I would imagine with um, well how dare you reach out to that broker I thought you were my guy right is there any of not, that not really
1: I, I mean not that I know of anyway like I mean, maybe there are some worries out there there might be some but you can't <laughs> like there's no broker out there that expects you to be able to keep your truck occupied just with them and so there has there does like any kind of relationship there has to be some give and take you 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 take for example, um, we we talked a lot about you know maybe you've got all your loads outbound covered um, and, and you're just using a brokerage mostly for inbound stuff but they may have an emergency that comes up where they where they've got a a load that's you know based in your local area that needs to get out and and they need help with it in an emergency if you can fill that even if it may not be the best paying thing you can get it might be worth it to do every once in a while. Cause you're, again, you're helping them. That just cements that relationship even more.
0: Okay, good. Uh, yeah. Any other tips on the, on the how to start building those relationships or how to find these people? Well, just,
1: just to kind of expand on it, you know, just do everything you can to, to make, have good customer service. So whenever I would finish a load with, with somebody, I would do a follow up mm. email and just, Hey, and appreciate the load. Um, hope you had a good experience with us. And then, Hey, we, you know, we'd like to try to haul more loads with you guys. Um, do you have a phone number I can contact you? You may already know the phone number, but I, I'd ask if I can set up a call with them then. So I'd, I'd set up a phone call with mm-hmm. them and see if we can, um, you know, see if we're a good match for each other, you know, see where their freight's coming from, what problems that we can help solve and, um, you know, just, just see if there's an opportunity there that we can do business together a little bit more. And it may take 10 of those conversation before you find one that actually bears a little bit of fruit. But you right. just you have to go through those. They're not really rejections, but kind of rejections until you get one or two that actually works. Yeah. You just...
0: Call them, call them misfits. They're, yeah, yeah, they're Maybe misfits, it's just right? not, it's not quite... Not fit. a good match. Yeah. And,
1: you know, that, that happens. It's like dating.
0: It's speaking. Nobody's fault, right? <laughs> it's nobody's fault. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you've got you've got a checklist here that I'm looking at with these notes. And I use that word advisedly because we talked about checklists with uh, the Chris's dumb mistake from the last episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> Having a checklist. Uh, and I would say like, please everybody check the notes. There'll, there'll be a little checklist in there. Use it. and And when you book that load, go down the list. Did I X? And, and do you want to kind of just give us the bullet point checklist. What do you do? So you are you've already said it. Look, we're repeating ourselves, but that's never such a bad thing. So you book a load with a new broker. Mm-hmm. Number one, two, three, four. What do you do? I
1: I, I stay in constant contact with them. You know, brokers can can get annoying because they'll they'll email you all the time mm-hmm. and hey, what's the what's your current location of this truck or. You know, what's the reefer temperature set at if you're doing reefer loads and you know that kind of thing can get annoying but you've just you've got to have it they're they're your customer mm-hmm. right you've got to treat them well and and, and communicate communicate so, so make sure you're communicating if you're ghosting them and you're not responding to them in a timely manner then that gets annoying to them and builds frustration mm-hmm. and and they're not going to want to do business with you so i always like I, i'm pretty anal about my emails like during the business day and, and re- while I've been dispatching, like my business day starts no later than six o'clock in the morning. And I'm really going till at least five o'clock at night. Mm. Like I'm constantly looking at um, my email and I I strive like probably 95% of the time I'm responding to an email in less than 30 minutes. Right. Okay. And
0: so so number one, communicate, communicate. In a timely manner. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. What's number two?
1: Um, do what they ask, you know, and that's usually, just so responding to the emails, um, getting your truck to pick up on time. Um, if they ask for a copy of the BOL before your driver leaves the shipper, you know, do those kind of things, mm. you know, just show that you're on the ball and attentive to them. And that goes a long way because a lot of places just get frustrated with that and just don't do it or they ignore. Right. Like you'd be surprised like that little extra push on customer service makes a big difference because so many other companies just don't do
0: it. You ever had a broker make an unreasonable amount of requests like that, that you've had to say, Hey, back off.
1: Yeah. And and that happens more. Like I don't have as big of an issue with them making unreasonable requests to me all the time, but when they start contacting drivers Mm. and call them at like all hours, this is one of the things that really bugs me about brokers. Like, Drivers drive different hours. Like, right. there's some that drive in the middle of the night and sleep in the day. You don't know when they're up and about, and it's unsafe to call a driver and bug a driver while they're trying to sleep. Like, it, it really bugs me. Like, brokers, like they should call me. I can give them an exact location. I can I can stay on top of things. And that's honestly, that's like another one of those things that's really nice about building relationships is when you build a relationship with a broker, they start to gain trust with you. Because you deliver and you do what you' you say you're gonna do, so that they don't annoy you as much mm. with they call they're called check calls. They don't know you as much with check calls and other things because they trust you. They if, know that if there is a problem that you're gonna proactively reach out to them mm. and they're not gonna find out that your truck's not on time because they don't show up on time. They're gonna find out. A day in advance or as soon as like you know there might be a problem with an on-time delivery like you're communicating that mm. as soon as possible
0: it, now this is in your situation you are dispatching for uh, you know almost a dozen trucks uh, so you're like hey reach out to me let's put ourselves in the owner operator shoes uh, have, what would you think of um okay i'm driving i'm an owner operator and i am off the clock i need to sleep you ever set like uh, one of those vacation uh, auto replies It's just like for the next eight hours, anybody who emails me gets an automatic response. I am dead asleep. I will get back to you. Something like that.
1: Yeah, I'm. That that's a good, I, that'd be nice to be able to do with text messages too. But right. yeah, that's a good thing to do, you know, just so that they just don't feel like they're ghosting you mm. or you're ghosting so you're them. Ghosting them. Yeah. A, another thing you could do as an owner operator is if if you're going to be out, you just send an email to the broker and say, hey. I'm, I've stopped here for the night. I'm going to be resting for the next 10 hours. Um, it, it, if you have an emergency, call me. Otherwise, please leave me alone. <laughs> and, right. and in that situation, a broker really should not have an emergency. Right.
0: So, okay. So number one, communicate well and quickly. Number two, do what they ask you to do, um, you know, provided it's a reasonable thing for them to ask you to do. And it usually will be. Number three,
1: so get them the, the BOLs, the bills of lading or the proof of delivery, whatever you want to call them in a timely manner. So as soon as the load's completed, um, make sure you email them everything because they also need that oh, the documentation, the documentation, because yeah. they need that to be able to bill their customer. And so if you're waiting five days to get that stuff to them, um, then they can't bill their customer, which um, a lot of these brokers aren't going to pay you until they've been paid. And so it just delays your payment. So get everything to them as as quickly as you can.
0: Um, Okay, good. Uh, So documentation, follow up, make sure everything's done quickly, right? Again, quickly as possible. Number four then.
1: And then usually a day or two later is when I'll send a follow up email. If it's somebody that I want to do business with again, I'll send them a follow up email again, thanking them for the load. Hey, can I give you a call to talk about possibly doing more loads together and you know see if we can figure out if we match up well with you know, the yep. lanes rerun and the the lanes you need covered, and then if they respond yes to that, then i'll I'll give them a call, and mm-hmm.
0: we'll we'll chat through that, yeah, and I imagine you're not taking up their whole day. This is a nope. ten or fifteen minute. What do you do? Here's what we do. Thanks yep. very much, okay. so that's number four is a, a follow up email. Uh, a thank you email and a request for a little chat all right number five so
1: the number five like with any kind of sales process you're going to want to follow up with them and maintain that relationship on a regular basis and so if you're if you're hauling loads for somebody on a fairly regular basis then like you, you should have some kind of phone call or communication you know whether it's once a month or once a week where you just it may not you may just contact them to shoot the breeze to see how things are going (laughs) right not necessarily about a specific load um you know you you don't want to do things like that so one of the things that i've started doing with with some of the brokers that are utah based that i've been working with on a more regular basis i'll go to lunch with them once a month and just get to know them a little bit better and find out are we doing well is there anything we can do better um and, and and that right there is is Probably the best way there is mm. to cement a relationship.
0: Yeah, and it's um, it it is not offensive. In fact, quite the opposite. To have a business lunch, you're not best friends necessarily. I mean, hey, you know, maybe you guys get along great. Fine, uh, but taking somebody out to lunch like that, I, I like what you said. You're asking them how are we doing, what can we do better, what have you appreciated, et cetera, et cetera. It, this isn't like um, Hey, I need to know the name of your dog and all of your kids. Like it, it's a business lunch, right? Yeah. And, and, and it, it
1: shows them that you care about the relationship. It shows them that you want to do a good job for them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because it is a business relationship. Like that's, what's important to them.
0: Yeah. You know, they and- want
1: to know that, that you are going to pay attention to them and you're going to, you know, you care about the relationship and you're going to do what it takes to right. to make sure you hold up your end of the bargain.
0: Yeah. And Exactly. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying and don't have any small talk. <laughs> I'm just saying like the priority is make sure the relationship, the business relationship is solid. Yep. Fair? I like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, uh, we're communicating well. We're doing what they ask. We follow through, especially with documentation in a timely manner. Send a follow up, thank you email. And if things went well through all this process, try to set up a phone call to, uh, to, to, begin a more uh uh, consistent relationship all right and
1: then can be that consistency continue to follow up continue to nurture that relationship like any like any kind of relationship if you don't nurture it it's gonna die eventually (laughs) tell
0: me about it uh all right chris anything else on the checklist or should we move on to kind of summarizing this and wrapping it up uh let's summarize okay what so this is something that you have talked about and concentrated on for gosh well, I mean, you've been talking about it for five years, really, but especially in the last six to eight months, twelve months, maybe uh this idea of we have got to get more direct shippers, good relationships with brokers, you've been talking about this for a while. uh how has it gone i so if you look at our financials over the last
1: four months i mean we've we've essentially done a hundred and eighty degree turnaround um you, we're not anywhere by any means are we where we need to be or where we want to be, but we went from hemorrhaging to plugging the hole. And then last <laughs> month, actually making a little money. I think February, February is not going to be nearly as good as January was. Well, and that that's really, I think it's just the seasonality of things. I not think to you mention come, Seattle, not, not to mention Seattle come, you know, March and April. I think we're going to start to get back into a, uh, you should start to see some pretty good months again, as long as nothing else crazy changes. Um, But really that has all, a lot of that has been the, well, not just a lot of it. I'm going to say the biggest thing that has had the most impact on that has been the relationships that we've built. Like whether it's the relationships with our direct shippers or the relationships with a few brokers that we've been able to expand relationships with a few that I've started that are new um, that's had a huge impact on our ability to get good paying freight
0: mm. okay very nice uh chris shall we um shall we impact tip this thing 80 20 rule go. yeah go do we it. like the 80 yeah, 20 rule I like it. so 20 percent of your time should be spent on load boards they are valuable they they are a good resource there's a reason that they're so popular and well used, right? Uh, so 20% of your time is doing that, but 80% of your time, you should be working on building those relationships in whatever stage you're at, uh, at that at that point, right? I like it. Okay, 80, 20. Perfect. Chris, thanks for coming in. I am just, I am going to be thrilled to see what happens with February's financials in a couple of weeks when we get to see what hit, uh, wh- what kind of hit this seattle story uh gives us so i will see you then we'll see you then thanks craig